Welcome to this podcast of the Chronicles of Carmela. You're listening to Carmela Demore. Welcome wherever you are in the in the world. Welcome. I'm so glad that you could join me. This podcast is part of the Chronicles of Carmela. So there's a lot of things that I've remembered, that things that I would like to share with you as a child growing up in the 60s and the recipes. So this one is about the garden of Nonno. Um, as a child I remember very vividly uh, being in the garden with my Nonno. I'll call him Jack. We used to call him Nonno Yagino in Italian and Nonno Jack in English because when he came in the 50s and he started to work on the railway lines, um, the Aussies called him Jack because they couldn't comprehend what the word Yagino, Joaquino meant. So with the Joaquino, they got Jack. <laughs> and Jack stuck with him. And it stuck through the generations of the uh, cousins that were called after Nonno. All, all of them are Jacks. But, you know, they, they, they're called Jack, but they are in their birth certificate, it's Joaquino. <laughs> Funny, and they're all known as Jacks. Neither one, there's three of them. We have a big Jack, a middle Jack, and a little Jack. Anyway, in the garden with Nonno Joaquino, I've learnt as a child to touch the soil, help plant the seeds, and be patient for the harvest to grow and for the things to take their time learning about life in general in the garden. The garden can teach you much, nature can teach you much. So in this particular harvest, this would be in the middle of late summer. And in the late summer, when you've planted the potatoes, the, the potatoes will come up with the flowers, the new potatoes. So that would be uh, the frittata. My mum and nonno used to call this a frittata spagnola, which is a Spanish omelette. And it has travelled. It has travelled, believe you me, into three, four generations. They had it, my mum had it. They, when I say they, it was my nonna and nonno, my mother, myself, my children, and into my grandchildren, so five generations. This Spanish omelette, frittada española, Oh, the deliciousness of this beautiful omelette, which I'll share with you. Anyway, going back into the garden, looking at these leaves that shine up and spring up, yet they're not ready. They're ready. They'll tell you when they're ready, when you see the little flowers growing. But boy, do they come up very quickly. You dig old potatoes and put them in the earth, cover them, water them. Within a few weeks they'll shoot up and spring up 
these sprouts, these leaves that look like more or less like a tomato, not as much like a tomato plant, but can be close to looking like that. And then weeks and weeks come past and you'll see a little shout of flowers, flowers coming through. And you'll know soon they're ready when they start to wither. So when they wither away, then you collect the beautiful produce of the earth that the earth has given you. It's like a little gift that's been put in a little package and slowly left there with time and you find you get that soil coming through and doing its magic. So we collect the potatoes with nonno yagino. And oh my god, they looked like little round balls of soft clouds, white, just absolutely beautiful. And we collect them, dust them down, put them in our bucket. At the same time we collect our red onions, the Spanish onions my, grand, my grandfather used to call them. Obviously they came through. There's so many onions that we have. There's the, um, the Saint-Tropez almonds, onions that come from the Saint-Tropez region in Calabria. <laughs> they are made into jam. Oh, they are sweet. Not like your average onion that can be quite soury and odoury. These ones are just delicious to eat. They're made for salads and they're made to make um, the ingredients and what you're going to cook very sweet. And they are perfect to, to make the Spanish omelette. So we get the eggs from the chooks. They'd be clacking away, beautiful. I remember how the yolk red red so beautiful so inviting and so delicious with a flavor and texture that still I can't get even in organic eggs must have been the um, introduction to the deliciousness of what eggs were about growing up must have been the fertile soil, the, the, the virginness of the land, you know, years ago. I mean, you can get it, but no, I'm sorry, I haven't got that taste yet. That taste is still in my mouth of just having an egg as a child, you know, that my mum my, my used to give me the zampignone which she would just get the egg yolk uh, and then she would put some sugar and some masala and beat it. And that would be something that I would start my day with because I was a very f f fussy and finicky eater, but at least I had something in my system in her mind. Um, oh, it was delicious, delicious. And every time I make tiramisu or make something like that, um, how just uh, something fresh can taste so delicious with 
the two ingredients. So there was three, three ingredients, the egg yolk, the sugar and the masala. Beaten, absolutely delicious. Um, still to this day, still delicious. So we get the, um, the eggs, the Spanish onions, the potatoes, and we go into the kitchen, um, my nonno and myself. We had a little kitchen in um, our garage and we spent a lot of time when we fried and we did a lot of heavy cooking and we didn't make a mess in the normal kitchen. So that would be probably to the equivalent of your butler's kitchen today. So Nonna would put the potatoes into a bowl with some water and my job was to peel. He'd chop the Spanish onions and start to crack the eggs into a bowl. And um, as he cracked the eggs into a bowl, he would put salt, pepper, and um, my job was to whisk while I had done the potatoes. Then once the potatoes were done gradually, peeled gradually, he would chop. So I think that I would have been around about seven or eight when this process started and we started to do this. Um, my ministry, I'm going to call it, my ministry of learning how to make certain foods that are from Kujina Povera. So we would be in the kitchen talking away, he'd be telling me stuff and I'd be asking him questions. I've always been an observer, so my job was always to ask questions. Um, he'd, uh, we'd be talking away, and I remember a specific moment that he ended up going into the garden and grabbing a handful of parsley, brought it back in. As I was doing the potatoes, he started dicing the potatoes and dicing the onions, putting them all separately. And so he started, while he was starting, get the big frying pan with a bit of virgin olive oil on it. He would place the onions into the frying pan and I would start to whisk the eggs. While he placed the onions into the frying pan, we would be chatting away, chatting away about many, many things. You know, he would be telling me stories of his life. And this was a great way of connecting and allowing stillness in the moment and creating a wonderful benchmark of Kuchina Povera cooking with him and I. Uh, it's, it's a form of communication and connection that you can't really get from anywhere else because you are in that moment and so life stays still and the busyness and the, and the, and the bustleness of life and, and of everyone around is gone. It's just a connection of two people of what food and cooking is about, you know, a conversation, communicating and um, conversing. So you can have a conversation but conversing is also a different thing because conversing is to and fro where two people are connecting 
and conversing with each other. That's what I call the four C's. So, um, and that's in the heart of the table, the four C's. So we're sitting down there, I'm whisking away uh, while the onions are being slowly browned and cooked. Then he adds the uh, potatoes into that and tosses and turns and then he's chopping the um, parsley, adding a little bit of salt and pepper into the eggs and it probably takes a good 10-15 minutes that the potatoes start to brown. You know you can add the potatoes first. I think adding the potatoes first is good, is better because the potatoes take longer to cook than the onions and then add the onions would be better. You can slice the potatoes um, into a round circle but the way they did them first, Mum and Nonno did them um, diced and then when my kids grew up older they used to like to have the pieces of the potatoes because then I would I uh, decided to do it in a different way so I would slice them into a scallop and fry them first uh, put them aside and then do the onions and then I would uh, make the omelette and add the onion and the potatoes and then turn the omelette over and then add the potatoes on top and serve. That was the way I did it and my kids loved it but I'm just giving you um, a memory of the Chronicles of Camilla which is important. So he did it that way and then um, he would place that aside, take that with a, uh, a fork or a ladle and um, one with the holes in it, I've forgotten what they're called, and take the onions and the potatoes once they're cooked and place them on the side of a bowl, clean the, the pan if it was sturdy or if there was enough oil he would leave it and then he would um, put the eggs in with the salt, pepper, oh magic, magic ingredient grated pecorino cheese and grate some pecorino cheese in that. Then he would um, swoosh away, put that in the pan and let that, it'd have to be really, really hot and then add all the potatoes and the onions and swish away and then put a cover over it, low heat and let it sit for a minute or so once it got nice and fluffy and then he would take the cover off flip the pan and let it cook on the other side. Leave that for a minute, turn it off, put the cover over it and then he would get a big plate, get the flipper, the egg flipper and flip the omelette onto the plate. Uh, cut, it in, cut it in fours. We would have some nice soft ciabatta bread or I think it was split Vienna or trecha in those days that I ate and I cut it and then we would sit down and um, sometimes we'd have a salad with the tomatoes 
in the onions of the garden. That's what would be, and that would be something that we would have for lunch. So we'd sit down and um, set the table. My job was to set the table up, him and I, and we'd sit there and we'd eat our omelette, our salad together. So what was important is that I remember, and it was the base of my faith, and I will say that the start of my faith started with my nonno. He always did the sign of the cross and said thank you for every meal that he had. And I watched and I observed. And I too created that practice in my life, which is implemented too, and followed me all my whole entire life, having a meal and being grateful for a meal. I watched a man that had gone through three wars be grateful for the abundance and the produce that was at his table. And you can imagine what it does to your mind, you know, thinking going through war and poverty and the Great Depression and then coming to a land of milk and honey and the promised land, which was Australia, that he lived an abundant life in his latter years of life. So that's Spanish omelette. <laughs> Five generations has travelled. Have you tried Spanish omelette? Have you even probably didn't even know if it was a Spanish omelette? The simplicity of potatoes, onion, eggs. You need to have pecorino cheese and you need to put some parsley. You could put spinach if you don't have parsley, but the spinach, no, parsley's better. It's got beautiful aroma, especially um, times from your garden. You can have parsley growing in pots. Uh, just beautiful. Those red Spanish onions, absolutely delicious from the garden. They have a different taste and texture, a bit like the Saint-Tropez um, onions from Calabria. I hope you're drooling and you can make yourself a beautiful Spanish omelette when you finish listening to this podcast because... Afritada spagnola. I'll say it again. Afritada spagnola. Absolutely delicious. You're listening to Carmela Demore, and these are the Chronicles of Carmela. Have a wonderful day. Look at potatoes and onions and eggs as the start of a benchmark of Cucina Pora because that's what they had. They had nothing else but those but they were able to create delicious appetizing foods that sustained our bodies and kept us nourished and fed for the day and a gratefulness of life what the earth can produce when you take time to allow it to give you what the seasons are about.